You know, this morning uh, is, uh, is uh, we're, we're in this Memorial Day weekend, and we remember those who served, as I said, and ultimately sacrificed for our country, for us, and, and willingly did that. And, you know, some of you are going to go to parades. It's okay. You can say yes. I'm going to go to a parade. It's not a crime, and it's not a sin. As far as I know, I can, I'll stand corrected if necessary, but I don't think so. But some of you go to parades, and, and you'll do that today or tomorrow, whatever, whenever you'll do that. And, you know, the thing is with Memorial Day, we have, we have memorials, right? We, in all different kinds, styles, and in different places. We have these memorials for, for uh, those who have sacrificed. And, and museums, Right? We have museums about those who have given in for specific purposes to prolong and, and to, to extend our freedoms or to maintain our freedoms or there's other things as well. Right, we can, The list is long. I'm not going to go through a history, history lesson. I'll leave that to Caleb, the historian over there that I, I found out this morning. Um, you like that, don't you? Yeah, you like that. All right, all right, right. And why are they there? These parades, the museums, the memorials, why are they there? They're there to remind us, right? They remind us of those who gave something for a specific reason, for a cause. And really, for us, in the end, they were on our minds, ultimately, right? And they inspire us. I don't know about you, at least if you learn the history or you find out about something and there's a memorial or a museum and you read or you learn about that, there is a certain level of inspiration that you can find there. Wow, they did that and went through that. Thank you, and thank you, God, but wow. Like, it, I, can, I can serve too. I can do something. I can appreciate. It inspires you to at least be grateful. Yes, maybe. All right, you, you guys will all wake up. It's okay. I, it really, it's okay. I'm awake. If you're not, you will, all right? But memorials are, and, we, and Memorial Day and others, we, we remember those, right? But today, today, as Christians, we're going to look in Hebrews chapter 11, right? We're familiar with Hebrews chapter 11. We're singing all about faith and being overcomers, and that's what it's all about because of what Jesus did, amen? And it's, it's the truth. It's a reality. It really is, and it's going to, it's happening. Actually, it happened. It's happening, and it's going to happen by the Word of God. Plain and simple. We're overcomers. We're victorious because Jesus has overcome the world. Amen. And he lives in us. But today in chapter 11 of Hebrews, and some of you are familiar with Hebrews chapter 11, probably most of you that are here this morning, this great passage. And some people have called it the Faith Hall of Fame or the Hall of Faith. Maybe that's a better way to put it, right? That we have this list of these individuals, and certainly it's not exhaustive, and it's not everyone that we can possibly think of historically, but we get a great sampling that tells us and reminds us, people have gone before you who are full of faith, kept of faith, and saw Jesus face to face in the end. And you can too, and we'll come back to that toward the end. You can too, and you will as well. Let me give you a view from space. Right from Elon Musk's one of his things that goes in orbit or whatever. There's all kinds of things going up there now, right? And let's look down, so to speak, and see what this looks like because Hebrews is the whole Bible is incredible, but Hebrews is fascinating too because there's some mystery about who maybe really wrote that. We have some leanings we don't know for sure, but but it's it's amazing, it's incredible what's in there and 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 the content and in chapters one through nine. There is, there is this theme, and it's actually throughout the entire book, but the, the key word for Hebrews is the word better. Better. Hebrews is all about Christ, Jesus, 
the Messiah being better. In fact, I'll, I'll just say he's the best. He's the best. But he's better. He's better than he's better than the angels. You'll find that early on in the book of Hebrews. He's better than Moses. He's better than Aaron and all the priests and all the prophets. He's better than the law. He's better than the sacrificial system. Thank God. Because that was necessary, but boy, that was not good. It was good for, for a purpose, right? God had a plan. He's better than the old covenant. And now Jesus, He's our high priest. He's our mediator. He's our lasting sacrifice. He's our direct access to God. And because of that direct access, we have this new attitude because the veil is torn in chapter 10. And that attitude says that we're not so fearful that we run away from God, but because of Jesus, we can run right through and jump in His lap, if you will. I I believe that. I I do that. I hope you do that too. Because we do have that type of of an access, and our attitude has been changed because of what Christ did and accomplished on the cross. And so, chapter 1-9, through we learn about that history and the old, and those of the old, and there are people of faith, but it's all leading up to someone better who's the best, and that is Christ. And in chapters 10-13, through until the end, now... Now we saw, we saw that Christ is better. There's this old way of living before Christ. And now we go live by faith because of Christ. We live by faith because of who he is. And again, what he accomplished by a sacrifice on the cross. Amen? We live by faith now. And they live by faith of days of old as well. But we go and we are encouraged to go forward and live. And so we have examples to follow. And these examples are found in chapter 11. Nope, this morning I will not read all of chapter 11. I encourage you to do that by yourself. And here in this hall of faith, if we call it, we, we see these examples and people that we should emulate and people we want to be like, I think. And most of all, we want to be with Jesus. It all points to Him. Now, this past January, end of the, toward the end of the month, I had no idea, and I think it came as a surprise several weeks prior to, I think it was January 19th, but my father-in-law, John Wagner, who lives in Connecticut, he was nominated and people just spoke out and held him up as an example, and he was, he was inducted into the, whether you know this exists or not, but it does since 2005, into the Connecticut Veterans Hall of Fame. It's pretty cool. And it really is. It's an amazing thing because lots of names are put in and you have to get referred and recommended by like, well, you know, high-ranking people and government people and that are involved in this in, in, in the civic world, you know, and just they're, they're really, they got to put you forward. And so he was, he was inducted along with a dozen or so others. And there's only about that many a year that go in since 2005. And it's why. It's a reminder. It, it, there's a recognition. You remember what, how, how there was sacrifice and service. And, but it's a, not only just in the past, but it's ongoing. That to even that moment, these individuals are serving their community. They're patriotic and they're serving their country as well in various ways. And it allows them and us to be inspired, as I mentioned earlier, with some of these memorials. And so that was a great honor, right? I'm bringing that up because it's close to home for me, right? But it's a pretty cool thing. And those in chapter 11 are even greater by a, by, by a million miles. 
Because listen, you can serve in the military and you can serve this country in various ways and it's a great cause and you can be called for that and you're doing that and you're working and you're serving and you'll even sacrifice for something and for a land that will not last forever. Not going to happen. It won't. Oh, it's worthy. It's worthwhile, right? It could be. But it will not last forever. It's a kingdom that will not last forever. In case you didn't know, the United States of America will not be here forever. Surprise. It won't. In case you didn't realize it, Turkey will not be on this planet forever. Neither will Russia and China and every other nation will not be here forever, right? But you know what? That kingdom and that home, that eternal home that they were looking for and hoping for and and, and had full assurance in Hebrews chapter 11, all these people lived for that and placed all their trust in the God who was leading them there and preparing that eternity for them. And it was already prepared, in fact, and being prepared. Amen? So, in chapter 11, these are our examples. So, as our examples in chapter 11, how do we, how do we today live by faith as our predecessors did? Those who lived before us, how do we do that? Did you know that in chapter 11, 19 times you will find the expression, by faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. And I won't, I won't spend the sermon here to, 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 to define and describe what faith is. I'll just read the scripture which, which explains and defines it for us, okay? And we'll review that. But you, you, I think we have a general concept and there's actually a lot to it. And I'll, I'll touch on a little bit in the moment. But the thing that we have to recognize is that if we're going to emulate their example and they're there for us as an example, we need to do three things. They're pretty simple, but when the rubber meets the road, will it happen? It's always the question, isn't it? Right? First, first, they believed God. Duh. Isn't that why they're there? Well, yes. Isn't that why you're here? I, I hope. They believed God. They believed God. They believed that He is. Not that He exists, but that He is. He always was. He, he just, He is and forever will be, and forever into the past he was. And he just is God, and he always is. Look at chapter 11, if your, if your Bible is open, verses 1 to 3. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, or the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the men of old gained approval. Approval from who? Other men? Approval from kings? Well, in some cases, for sure. I mean, you think about Daniel and others, there was approval because they saw their faith in God and the favor of God. But by God Himself, and the evidence and the proof of that is in a couple verses down. Verse 3, by faith, we understand. There's an intellectual aspect to this. We want to think like it's this out there experience, like this mystical, and it's like my own subjective thing, and and an imaginary thing of what it would be like and what I'm envisioning and wanting. There is an intellect there, and and what you know, there's a knowledge that is based on something that has substance. It is sure, it is solid, it is fixed, and they will never change. And we'll get to that in just a second. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the Word of God. We understand. 
Yet you believe, you have this faith, you have a belief in, the, in this God and that there's a higher power, as people would call it, but God, as Christians, the God Almighty, the one true God. And we believe in Him, the God of the Bible. And we have this evidence, right, that is based on something so solid, and that solid is the thing is the Word of God. Because the Word of God... Really, when you think about it, it's a manifestation of who God is. I mean, it reveals God's character. It reveals who He is. When God speaks, He means it. And He says what He is. And He reveals His character, His nature, His heart, His will, His intention, His plan for you and for humanity. And so here, by faith we understand. We have a knowledge. We have an awareness, even intellectually and, and even beyond. Because it's not just speculation, by the way. Well, let me have theories. Maybe it's evolution, maybe it's you know, open theism and God started the process and then let it go and then we get into other kinds of eisms and ists and all this stuff. We're not going to do that, right? There is revelation. There is revelation that is solid, that is fixed, that is never going to change. And that revelation is right here. Not just the one that's out in nature and creation, but the Word of God Himself. And He created everything by His Word. It says here, made out of things which are visible, that that which is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Ex nihilo in the Old Testament. Out of nothing. God spoke it and it was. Do you believe it? You're going to speculate it? Or are you going to receive that because of revelation? And you stand on that because that revelation has been consistent and unchanging and is still unchanging and proving itself even to this day. Not changing. An amazing thing. We base our faith. They believed God. If you believe God, you have to believe what He says. If you don't believe what He says, you don't believe God. You do not have faith in God. That's not possible. Absolutely impossible. Verse 6 tells us that without faith, right? Look at the, the, the Bible says here in verse 6. Verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. Oh, I love that verse. Because, because you cannot please God without faith. And when you do, when you do believe and you believe that God is and you come to Him and you seek Him, you are rewarded with God Himself. Who else or what else do you need? Oh no, I want to be rewarded by my new you know, 4,000 square foot condo on the beach. No. The reward is God Himself. Think about that. Think about what we just read earlier. The God who out of nothing created everything that is visible by His Word, and then you get... He's yours. He rewards you with Himself. Do you need anything else? Do you need to believe anything else or anyone else? Oh, Lord, help us not. That is a powerful... just. If you think about that and you let it process in your brain and, and, and just meditate on that, it's mind-blowing and it's so encouraging and inspiring and it pushes us forward that He wards us with Himself. Another way to look at this is that you come by faith when you look at all of Hebrews because of chapters 1-9 through nine and part of 10. Because everything that was old and proved that we fell short, God had a better way and Jesus fulfilled everything sacrificially and paying the price substitutionary way and, and just 
perfect high priest now because of all that. And now we live by faith. We came by faith because of chapters 1 through 9 and part of 10. But then in chapters 10 through 13, we live by faith as modeled by those in this chapter 11. Romans 4.3, Paul writes about this a little bit. Oh, Romans is a great book. The Bible's amazing. Why do I keep saying it's a great book? They're all amazing, right? But Romans chapter 4, verse 3, let me just paraphrase. It declares that Abraham believed God. And what did God count that as for him? Righteousness, man. He believed. He had faith. He just believed God is, right? And then he, he well, I'm going to get ahead of myself. And it was counted to him as righteousness. Faith says this. God, you are. You are. You spoke. And I'll go further. And you speak. You created and you still create. You're in control. That's what faith says. It says you are trustworthy because your word is solid. It's guaranteed. And everything you said you have done historically and in my own life, you always, it always came to pass and you were always consistent and faithful. And it's the foundation of all that we believe. It's your word, God. We believe that you are. And your word is solid. They believed. If we're going to emulate the people in the faith hall of fame or hall of faith, whatever you want to call it, you have to believe God. The God of the Bible. The God who revealed His Word. And now we can know Him even more. Second, the second way that we can emulate and be like those in chapter 11 is that we should act on God's Word. We should act on God's Word. Can I give you a simple summation? It's not a popular word, and as Christians we ought to, because it's impossible to separate this out and leave it off to the side if we truly believe that Jesus is Savior and Lord. And it's simply this. It's the word obedience. Are you going to obey? Are you going to do what God says? Because you believe Him. You put all your trust in faith, and it's solid, and it's fixed, and, and you've come ter- you come to terms with that. Will you now act on His word? All these people obeyed God. They acted on God's promises and His commands. Both. Some of us love to just act on or dwell on or move forward on God's promises because they're all so rosy and nice. And and sometimes we pick the promises, right? We do the same with His commands. God tells us, do X, Y, and Z. Don't do X, Y, and Z. And then we pick and choose. But all of these people of faith who are recognized and are there as an example to inspire us and to, to, to remind us that we ought to live like they did by faith, we obey. And they obeyed the promises and commands of, God's, of God. I'll do a quick start, but I won't finish the list. Because if you look at chapter 11 from the beginning, a few verses down, Look at the verbs associated with these names. Abel offered. And you can fill in the, you can read it, right? Enoch pleased God. Noah built. We know what? An ark. And it says that there in the scripture. I'm just using the verb. Abraham went out, or I'll say he left his home when God said, go. Where am I going? I don't know. Go. Okay, God, I'll go. Moses, Isaac, 
And the names go on and on. There's several names there in that chapter, right? There's many names. And there are all these verbs associated of the action that was taken because they believed God and that God had a plan and His Word was true and solid and sure. And they believed and obeyed. They took action. They had faith. Verse 32 in chapter 11, if you have your Bible open, listen to this verse. What more shall I say? And I mentioned as he finishes in chapter 31, by faith Rahab, she did not perish. Why? What was, the, what was the verb? She welcomed the spies in peace. Okay? Another verb, right? Because she, she knew something. God moved on her. And she acted in faith, right? Based on what she saw and the evidence that was there with God's people and God moving historically in this situation. And God puts her and places her by by divinely inspired individuals in chapter 11 of Hebrews. And verse 32, what more shall I say after all these names? For time will fail me if I tell you of Gideon, Barak, Samson. Samson's an interesting one. I always wonder why he's in there, although I know why. But it's interesting. But think about it. Do some research. It's amazing, but it's powerful. Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets... And he lists all those people from the Old Testament. He can't, he says, I can't even have time to tell you of all those people that went before you that lived by faith. Because there's no other way to live by faith. Every other way crumbles and falls apart and ends in a dead end. By faith, by faith, by faith. All these individuals acted on God's word. Now, Jesus said, things that are very similar, and I'm just going to paraphrase for time's sake. But he mentioned several times in John's Gospel, and then we see in the first epistle of John as well, that if we love God, and if we believe that we don't walk in darkness, but in light, and if we love God, we obey His commands, right? We have such faith that we do what He tells us to do. We take it hook, line, and sinker. And if we don't, it says that the love of God is not in us, or that actually we don't love God, which is connected and comes with our lack of faith if we don't have love as well. They're all connected. Act on God's Word. Do you want to be like those in chapter 11 of Hebrews? I do. Act on God's Word. There's no shortage. And I don't mean that in a negative sense. There is no shortage of promises and commands to act on and to base your life on. In this book, God's Word. Act on His word, His promises and commands. And lastly and finally, they endured or they persevered by faith. These people all here. Much more could be said. We can make a list as long as who knows. But they endured. They persevered by faith. They went through life, all of life, by faith. How did they do this? There's interesting breakdown here because, in, and this will be the focal point a little bit here, in verse 33 to verse 35, I'm going to read this scripture here, and if you have your Bibles, it says, and he lists, what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets. In verse 33, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Oh, man. And others were 
and it says here, and then others were tortured. We'll get there in a minute. But in these, in 33, and through the first, first part of verse 35, it is a faith that is victorious. It's a faith that God uh, allowed them to have, that they placed in God, and it resulted in victory and overcoming and triumphs and conquering things that were magnificent and miraculous and just jaw-dropping stuff that God was doing. And it's like, wow, how did we do that? It's, we trusted you, God. We believed you. We sang about Joshua and the walls of Jericho, the Jericho, going on Jericho, right? We're walking around Jericho. And the, the, the ridiculous idea of just marching around and on the seventh day, marching around seven times and shouting and those other things. It sounds so ridiculous. But if they had not done it, the walls would still be standing. They would still be standing. They obeyed God. They took God at His word and they did it. Right? So, to, this is a faith. They had a faith and they endured to be victorious. And even when they were victorious, they continued to endure. When you look at the history of these individuals, it says here, there's a list of ten things that they conquered kingdoms. Who comes to mind? Again, I mentioned Joshua. Joshua going into the promised land, and he made statements about how God has been faithful in the early part of Joshua, and he's true to his promises, and here we are. He has been sure to keep all his word. David what he did when his rule and, and, and how he conquered these kingdoms and was victorious. And Solomon, all these by faith, trusting God and obeying and, and, and getting his directives, their directives from God. They were victorious in conquering kingdoms. Acts of righteousness. I think of the judges in the book of Judges and what they did in these acts of righteousness, doing the right thing and restoring order and properness and holiness to God's people. And some of the kings did that as well, as well as prophets and even in the New Testament, so many others. They obtained promises, it said, these individuals. What about Gideon? Gideon, with 300 individuals, God said, I got you. I promise you. Gideon's like, okay, sure. And he went and God proved himself. He believed God with 300 men against tens of thousands. They shut lions' mouths. These vic- this victorious faith we see here. Daniel comes to mind. Remember him in the lion's den? Not a bite, not even a lick. From, from, from the, the big lion, right? Not even a, not even a lick. And, and they shut the mouths of lions. How about, it says they were, they quenched the power of fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right? They were in that furnace. Nothing happened. They went in, not compromising, believing the Word of God, not bowing, not doing anything, not, not violating the command of God. And God protected them and their faith was they were victorious as a result of their faith, which was as a result of their obedience. They escaped the edge of the sword. Do you remember Elijah the prophet being chased by Jezebel? Oh, I think he wanted to be pierced. She wanted him pierced through. I'll just leave it there. You can read the story. She wanted him pierced through. And Jezebel chased, and he, was, he escaped the sword. And there were other examples. I think of even David when Saul had it out for David. And they escaped by faith. They trusted God. How about they made, they made, the weak were made, or the, made strong in their weakness. Again, I think of David and Goliath and many other examples of these accounts in the Old Testament. They were mighty in war. The kings and the wars against the pagan nations. And they brought down these mighty nations with the army of Israel that even had to buy their own arms from their enemies and had no medals and had to get medals from the Philistines, for example. So many examples. Armies went to flight 
Gideon again, when they went and they scatter because of faith in God and obedience to God and trusting God, they just scattered and then received back their dead by, by the resurrection. Remember Elijah and the widow of Zarephath? Oh, her son had died. And then she goes and she takes, and there's, there's this exchange. And Elijah goes and he lays down and asks God three times to bring back her son. He was made alive. I, I know that, and I don't encourage wacky doodleness. We're not, that's not what we're about. But we had this account to show what happened. Then, when in this case, in this historical case, God said, lay down, and he was moved to lay down. And what he did, he stretched himself out over. I don't know what that looked like exactly, so I'm not going to assume anything or visualize anything. But he laid down, he went over this child three times. It was faith. He believed God. And God responded. We have enough instruction that we have to adhere to, and we'll see God do amazing miracles in our midst anyway, right? But those that's a victorious faith. But then, so you, they have an enduring faith when they were victorious, and even after they kept that up, they kept their faith in God, because now they're encouraged. God was with us. We trusted and we believed. We clung to His Word. We went through that. We can go through anything. And you're strong and you're mighty, right? And, and you, have to, you have to be careful, because then something else happens in life. Because in verse 35 to verse 38, there's like a... Look at verse 35. Second part. In the New American Standard, there's a colon after a resurrection. It says, And others were tortured, not accepting their release, in order that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings, Yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two. And there's some history with the sawn in two, if you're wondering. Even Isaiah, there's some belief that Isaiah historically was sawn in two with a wooden saw. Just not steel, a wooden one. Did you ever get a splinter? That's all I'm going to say. Not to mention being cut in two. They were cut in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated. And here is this word and this phrase in verse 38. It says, Men of whom the world was not worthy. Have you ever read that? I'm sure you have. That is just... Wow. I don't know for you, but that is, it makes me want to weep because when I think about my faith compared to these people and what they go through, man, I, the New Living Translation says they were too good for this world. It's a paraphrase actually, but they were too good for this world. Not worthy. And that word in the Greek is the word axios. I'm going to pause here for just a minute because we're going to, as we wrap it up here, this, it's the concept of axios is that it's about weight and about weight distribution and equal weight. And the picture in the Greek for axios is that you have a, a, a scale, right? And here's the world saying, if you have this, if you do that, this is all good. And then here's all God's people who in these verses after these people had victories, now they're suffering and life is tough and they have to endure and they die and they give of themselves and they wouldn't um, compromise and they got martyred, right? And the world said, you're here. And unless you drop off your faith in God, then you can come up. And now we're, we're at least equal. That's axios. 
that, we're, that, you, that you are viewed and that there's a counterbalancing. And, okay, yeah, you're worthy, right? The world is not worthy of them. But, but the, the world said, the rejecting world said, you can never get up here. And because you're down here, because you trust God, you believe in God, one true God who heard the world when he just spoke his word, and you're going to follow him and do his commands, and you're down here. Not worthy. You'll never be able to get up here. But, yeah, in God's eyes, it's, they're over here. Right? They were not worthy to the world. The world looked at them as being completely a waste of a life in some ways and in many ways. Right? And they rejected. And at the same time, and in the end, they're received by God into their eternal home. Far outweighing all the temporary light things that they go through. And there's that concept of they're not deserving as well with that word axios and worthy there. They're not deserving of any recognition. You, you, and they're in the faith hall of fame or the hall of faith. Centuries later, we're still reading about them. And they're going to be there until Jesus comes. And then we'll see him face to face one day if we endure as they did. They were not worthy. That list is amazing of what they went through and what they. Let me ask you, what have you gone through because you believe God? You have faith in God. What have you gone through? The next time you whine, the next time you complain, the next time you say we're so oppressed in this nation, it's, and we, there is, there's oppression. There is. Don't, don't, don't kid yourself. And it's all around us. It's not persecution yet, but it's coming. There's oppression. Listen, read this list. Read this list. Then say, thank you God for those who went before me. If they can do it, I can do it. I can endure a slight mock or a slight in the office or in the workplace or at school. I can endure that. My faith is in you. I believe you, Jesus Look at that list. It's incredible. You know, here's the truth. We get both in life. Our faith gives us amazing victories. Have you had those? And, you're, and it's just mind-boggling. And you're, people are like, whoa, how did that happen? And the miraculous and things to transpire and take place that just, because we trusted God, he shows up, if I could put it this way, so strong. We like to say, he showed up so strong and so mighty. And yet, God shows up just as strong and mighty because he's the same God when we go through our faith when it's persecuted, not just victorious. When it's persecuted, when it's challenged, when there's a testing of it, right? We get both victories and struggles and challenges in our life. But by faith, like these individuals, we move forward. And we do great things for the kingdom of God because it's Christ doing them in us, not us. Because greater is He who is in me than who is in the world. God knows, God has a plan, and God is in control. Even if you're in verses 35b to verse 38, and you might feel like you're being sawn in two, you might feel like you're being stoned, you might feel like you're getting whipped with chains, you might feel like word, people's words are like daggers into your soul. You can feel all that stuff around you. The world is persecuting you for your faith in God. Listen, God has a plan. He's going to get you through. And you know what? Maybe you will. Because Jesus is coming soon. Be a martyr. God knows. 
And God will give you the faith to do that as well. Now, that enduring, persevering faith is absolutely critical because life throws all kinds of curveballs at us. Good things, bad things. Good, bad, ugly, right? Satan, the world. I want to close with a little challenge this morning and an encouragement. Shift gears a little. I'm going to get a little excited now. Last night, we went to the Providence Rescue Mission with the youth group. And I, I was talking to press, and I'm like, oh, we're going to go home. We're going to watch the Celtics, right? And the game's on at 8.30, and I'm like, but I don't want to stay up, because like, I want to go to bed, and I was tired. I don't know who saw the Celtics game. Who saw the Celtics game? Oh, yes. I stayed up, okay? That's fine. You can think, I, I, I had to. I love sports. A lot of you know that. A lot, a lot of, I enjoy it. I'm, man, that was insane. It was amazing. I am telling you, listen, if you, if you even don't, don't care, you've got to watch this game. You've got to watch the last three minutes. Watch the last three minutes of the game. So they were winning. But doesn't, there's something here powerful for us, and I, you'll see. They were, they were playing this game. Now, remember, for those of you who have been following, it's a seven-game series. Okay? You have to win four. They were down three games to none. They've clawed back. Right? They were, yesterday they were, they came, they won two in a row, and it was three to two. Now they're playing games. It's an elimination game. They're third in a row, elimination game, and they're playing. And they're kind of hanging on, they're staying ahead. And at the end, they kind of, you know what it is? They lost focus a little bit. And they lost their lead. And before you know it, they were losing. And now, they were, they were down by two points with three seconds on the clock left. One point. One point. You're right, one point. No, 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 no. Wait, one, two, three. Okay, yes, yes, you're, you're right, you're right. See, I'm getting my facts straight. Wrong. Right, there you go. It was late, I forgot, right? And Jimmy Butler gets fouled and he gets three free throws, right? With like no time left. He makes all three. The Celtics are losing by one point. Three seconds on the clock. They get the ball. Listen. They showed something that struck me, and it just, because I was, I already had this all, and, and it just, it, they showed, they moved over to Jimmy Butler on the sideline. He's their star player, right, for the Miami Heat. And you could see him mouthing, and he had his finger up. Do you, if you, do you remember this? He had his finger up. He said, one more stop to his team. Remember that? We, were, we noticed that. We were like, one more stop. That's all he said. Three seconds for Krenov, but even he knew with three seconds, you got to stay focused. The game's not over. It's not over. One more stop. That's what he said. You could see him saying it with his finger up to his team. Then they come in, and the Celtics throw the ball, right? Three seconds. That is not a lot of time, because as soon as someone touches the ball, the clock goes, and that's it. They pass it in, and there's a shot that's taken, and it's missed. But, who was it? Mr. White grabs the rebound and literally tipped, he barely touched that thing. He just went like that. Before the buzzer, and they have the, 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 the hundreds of a second, tenths of a second on the clock, and it left his hand and it went in and they won by one point with no time left. Why am I telling you all of that? Why am I telling you? Because there's great application 
And I want this to be as practical as possible. And hopefully even some of these things we read. And it's very practical, the Word of God, for us. We should apply it to our lives every single day, right? The heat had the crowd cheering them on. The place was nuts. And they took that lead with three seconds left. The whole place is there. And it's a picture of what chapter 12 in Hebrews is. There's a cloud of witnesses that's cheering them on. They're like, that's it. It's over. There's no time. Our star took us, gave us a one-point lead with no time left, basically, essentially. There's no way it's going to happen. They're cheering them on. And yet, one more stop. And they lost focus or sight of the task at hand. First of all, the Celtics were able to get a shot off. But secondly, they lost white and he tipped it in. They lost focus. Oh, it's such a game of margins. Oh, it's such a game. They lost focus, right? Here's the thing. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Obey, endure, hear him. And he's saying this. You can do it. When you place your faith in me, I am with you and in me alone. Place your faith in Christ alone and you'll make it. Look at verse uh, 1 in chapter 12. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, possibly going back to everyone who was listed and then some, let us also lay aside every encumbrance, every distraction, everything that will take our focus off, and even more specifically, and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How do we do it? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Our faith. He's the beginner and the finisher of our faith. And we're going to make it. We're going to get there. And he goes on and he says, and this is what the author says, it's so powerful, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, he finishes this thought in verse 3, for consider him, Jesus, who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. The heat got distracted. They thought they won already. There's only three seconds left. They took their eyes off the game. The game is not over until you see Jesus face to face. Are you going to live by faith? to the end and endure whether it's victorious or persecuted your faith or you're going to be distracted by things and you'll lose the details and before you know it it could be trouble endure believe endure right and 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 do what god tells you to do there's no reason that we can't make it to the end when our faith is in god we keep going they're saying keep going you're not home yet and we're looking at jesus waiting for us even though he's with us he's waiting for us at the end and they're all cheering us don't just enjoy the knowledge that there is a crowd of witnesses that have gone before you and they see you and lose sight of the task at hand to follow obey and to fulfill the great commission fix your eyes on jesus keep going forward endure and hear him saying You can do it. It's not over yet. Keep going. Amen? Amen. Lord, 
thank you for this day. We thank you that your word is powerful. It is creative. It is transformative. It is miraculous. Lord, it just... We cannot adequately describe the power, the depth of your word, Lord God. And so we thank you so much that you have given us the Bible. We thank you that you've given us your spirit to understand and to know the word that he would teach us. And that together, God, when we obey you and we endure in our faith, Lord God, we're going to get to the end and we're going to see you face to face. And in the meantime, as we go through, Lord God, help us to bring others along that they too might fix their eyes on Jesus who authors and finishes our faith. Lord, with that knowledge... Help us go out with joy, with stamina, strength, endurance, and know, Lord Jesus, that you're cheering us on, that we can do it. Thank you for that. We give you ourselves. We give you our week. We give you our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Walk by faith, not by sight. Live by faith. That's it. Amen.